0: Hi, and welcome to Versations, Klein ISD's podcast about all things teaching and learning. I'm Monica Schallenberger, and I'll be the host for each episode, and my guest will be rotating educators from all over our school district. This podcast is for anyone wanting to expand their knowledge about teaching and learning and here are conversations about the journey of educators being joyful, reflective, transparent, and deliberate about applying their learning to transform the world. Kayla Shaw is our guest today, and she comes to us with a Bachelor's of Science in Elementary Education, a Master's in School Counseling, and is a licensed professional counselor. She is a Klein ISD graduate, as well as a former teacher at Binfer and Niche Elementary. While she loved teaching elementary, she quickly realized she had a passion for getting to know the students on a deeper level and had a desire to not only help them with academics, but through social-emotional struggles as well. She went on to be a lead counselor at Klein Collins High School and is the current instructional officer of counseling and the whole student wellness. You're going to hear why I picked her for this topic as she is the calming energy of a caring counselor while offering advice to feel okay with how you're processing this new situation we've all found ourselves in, a global pandemic. Please be patient with us as we did record this on our cell phones and there was a couple of glitches with our technology. Here's our conversation now. Welcome to our conversations episode. I'd like to welcome Kayla Shaw. Hi, Kayla. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yes. We're so excited to have you on. And if you've been following our conversations schedule, we are pivoting our topics because of the COVID-19 situation that we are all in unfortunately. But we are fortunate to have um, Kayla Shaw with us, who's a licensed counselor, professional counselor. And we're going to be talking about processing a global pandemic. So light content this morning. Um, But we'll just get started. And we'll start just to talk about what we usually do just so we can have some normalcy and, and structure to our episode. So Kayla, if you'll just share one celebration from the district in connection to teaching and learning that you have right now.
1: Absolutely. I feel like we have really done an awesome job with what's going on, what our cards we've been dealt uh, in this moment. And so I feel like Klein ISD has really um, come together to support our students and families through this new experience, um, guns blazing. So I think they've really done an awesome job. The one thing um, that I'm going to share this morning that I'm so super proud of is our counseling department, Pre-K through 12 for all of their virtual efforts to push out resources and ideas to our families um, for like dinner discussions and character education lessons, as well as supporting our teachers in the social emotional check-ins with our families.
0: What a great support for our staff and our families. So I know that also comes from the leadership of you. So thank you for your service and that effort. So with that said, we will dive right in to our topic, which is just the basics of the basics. It sounds so simple, but it's not processing but. this pandemic. And obviously we've done some self-care webinars and Klein ISD that I've had the privilege to help lead and in that have got to read a lot of research around the psychology of processing and managing the feelings and emotions that come with this pandemic situation that most of us have never been in before. And the thing that I keep seeing reoccur in that literature and content is that this is processing some kind of trauma. So can you kind of describe the basics of processing trauma in general? And then we'll kind of go deeper into that.
1: Sure. So trauma it can be defined in so many different ways, but ultimately it's an actual experience that people go to go through, excuse me. And so these events, like we're going through it now can leave people feeling overwhelmed and isolated. And that is the result that can result to trauma. Um, People um, really kind of go through various uh, phases, but everyone's so different. Um, We bring experiences and backgrounds to our different reactions. And so we just have to know that it's important to allow folks time to process what's going on in their own way. It's very individualized. And so being patient with people is huge. Um, And so typically we see an impact phase where people are focusing on survival and protection. And what's, um, we really saw that on the, if you were following news and social media with the whole toilet paper and essential mm-hmm. items, right? Yeah. And, and so um, people really went through that survival. We saw that survival stage really clear. Um, and then people go through an emotional response. Um, some people are mad or angry that this is going on, um, and even sadness or maybe feeling helplessness. Um, and then some people are, the very opposite. They might be like, why is everybody making such a big deal about this? So there's so many variety of different emotional responses and we just have to let people own their own response because we're all, we all bring so many different experiences to um, our response. And then really, as we um, gain more knowledge about um, what's going on, it's more like a reality check, like, okay, this just happened. How do we deal with it? And so people begin to accept this new reality Um, start stabilizing and really adjusting to the new normal. Um, But again, I just want to emphasize that everyone's so different that it really um, is uh, huge to allow people to process it in their own time and not criticize and just really be compassionate.
0: Yeah, it's interesting to see the reaction to different people's actions, right? You know, and, and like you're saying, everybody's situation's so different. I know that I've come into counter with people who've been frozen in this, or um, even combative or aggressive, and and I thankfully am just like, okay, I'm not gonna take that personally because yeah. I know you're stressed. But even the calmest people that I know or know of, for example, Brene Brown. I listened to one of her yeah. podcasts last night about overreacting and underreacting when there's a threat. And she even said that she freezes sometimes with the bad news. And it was just interesting to listen to that. And then just in, in the research that I've done in the last couple of weeks, just knowing that people there's a normalcy bias when this kind of stuff happens and people go back to the certain behaviors that they are used to. So, you know, when people were still going on spring break to a beach or making poor decisions about not staying home when asked you know, really those people were reacting like you're saying in a specific way because maybe it was familiar or, right. you know, um, it just felt safer to do what they've always done because maybe they were neglecting information. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so that's interesting. So what are some mental complications of trying to process a pandemic and the disruption it causes to our lives? Because I feel like there's so many different layers wrapped into processing this pandemic uh, just personally, when I think about it, but when I also see what people have written and obviously, you know, I, I have found out there's so many professionals that already like <laughs> study disease and global pandemic. And this is like their jam. It's so interesting to see like this threatens self-control, this threatens autonomy, this threatens um, structure, this threatens so many things. And then, by the way, like you were saying earlier, it can also trigger trauma that you've gone through earlier than this it can trigger different emotions. So what are some of the mental complications of trying to process this pandemic?
1: Yeah. And just like we were saying, because people are so different and their experiences are different, they're going to process this this their own way. And so some of the stress may look like fear or worry um, or changes in their even their sleeping and their eating habits. Um, I know that I i have experienced some different sleep um, things going on, just trying to get everything done with my um, work and with home.
0: Great. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then just like, you know, it can cause worsening of your just your chronic health problems or your mental health problems just because of what's going on in the world. It may trigger um, in a different emotion that causes your mental health conditions to be um, escalated. And then um, changes in behavior is huge. Um just like you were were kind of touching base on the first question is that, you know, people's behaviors, we don't know how we're, how we will react in these situations. And so sometimes um, we are surprised by how folks will react, but we just have to be mindful that they're dealing with it in their own way and that um, we have to be mindful of what they're going through and
0: own that that is their reality. Well, and it's funny you say that. I've just, I've been talking about this with friends and I felt Uh, validated when I was listening to a podcast by Rachel Hollis and how she was saying how in the past, you know, she might mindlessly scroll on social media to get a mental break during a hectic time in her life. Well, now it's like social media is inundated. It's almost like we're going, it's like a political, there's so many layers to it. People want to talk about it and it can become a flared conversation topic so quickly. But even just last night I was telling someone, like I used to go to Twitter for education, or just a way for me to learn and and be knowledgeable and be connected to other educators. And I cannot get on Twitter now without seeing, you know, these horrible accounts from New York City hospitals, or I had COVID. Here's a thread for how it looks. And nobody wants to read that because it's stuff you can never unsee. Um, And so it's just interesting that you said there's changes in behavior and everyone will be different. But we have to be mindful of that because for me, being mindful of that is like really limiting my social media more than I was already trying to before this hit because just seeing different people's reactions or behaviors. And now I feel like there's more of a collective, you know, herd mentality of like, okay, we need to stay home. This is serious overall. Um, But for me, I'm like, to be mindful, I need to stay off social media because I'm like, I can't or especially when it was just starting and everybody had 17 different opinions about it. I'm like, I cannot look at all this because it was, it was making me feel like mentally claustrophobic.
1: (laughs) Well, and I was going to say, you know, they are saying social distancing, right. But so social distancing is not social isolation. And so if the digital virtual world is not helping, then pick up the old phone, you know, Uh, just post calls to folks um, because, um, it doesn't mean we can't talk to people. So, stay connected with people is crucial, but just doing it in a different manner. And so, it may not look like your social media. It may look like more of a telephone call like we used to do before all of this social media business. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's, I mean, yeah, that's so good. And I, I, it's been interesting to see people, you know, who are Zooming more. And my husband's birthday was this week and we zoomed the entire family members that were all over the country. And I'm like, why, why do we not do this before the pandemic? Everybody enjoyed it. And I'm like, this is like, this is something that we've had at our fingertips for a while. Um, okay. Yeah. So in talking about this pandemic, obviously there's a lot of grief involved, which people might not realize if it hasn't been named for them in some way, but there's grief around, you know, missed events. So weddings Um, conferences, things people were planning that have now been canceled, grief to the quote unquote old way that we were living before this stay at home and quarantine situation. And just grief for maybe the mass amount of loss and sickness that there is in the world that can be very overwhelming, especially for people that um, maybe have a heartstring for, you know, just, well, I mean, basically if you're human, because it's horrible no matter which way you do it. So can you just talk about, how the grief uh, it, is it normal? Is it and how maybe to handle the grief because some people might feel like it's not validated because they're not, n- nobody's died, and so they're like, Well, this seems kind of stupid. I'm grieving like a canceled event or whatever. But can you just right. kind of name what that looks like if it's normal and then how to really work through that grief in a yeah. healthy way? Yeah. So it's absolutely normal.
1: The discomfort that we are all feeling is a some form of, some form of grief for each of us. Um, you know, my grief may look different than your grief, but honestly, we're all discomfort right now in this new um, world we're living. In. And so that definitely is grief. Um, and the good thing is, I like to focus on good things. I feel like the good thing is, is if you can name your feeling, like I'm feeling scared, I'm feeling anxious or uh, maybe I'm feeling uncertain. If I can name those feelings, then I can work on ways to manage the, that that feeling. And if I'm able to name, you know, let's say like just that example you were using with the social media. If I feel more anxious after I'm on social media, then I I, I need to recognize, oh, my gosh, my body feels nervous. I shaky. I feel sick in my stomach then maybe you need to limit your time on the social media. And so really working on naming the feeling, getting to know yourself in this new virtual world, um, it's going to look different than um, four weeks ago. And so um, naming the, the feeling um, and then working on ways to manage that feeling, there's a ton of great resources out there. And um, we have a awesome learning site on IC to help our over here in Klein. And so we have resources there that can help uh, folks kind of make their way through um, this new feelings. Um, In addition, obviously, like getting sleep is huge. Um, Trying to shut down the social media, um, you know, 30 minutes before bedtime to get your brain refocused on sleeping, um, eating well, um, not binge eating and just really trying to keep a calendar, even though um, we're at home all day long, most of us, Um, you know, keeping a calendar and not just snacking um, all day, but eating healthy, those fruits and vegetables. Um, And then just really taking time um, to take breaks, um, to have self-care, to exercise, whatever, whatever you do to kind of unwind um, is huge, is, is always huge, but especially during this time. But Naming the feelings I feel like is huge. If you can name that feeling, I feel like um, you're you're on a good road to helping manage what's going
0: on. Yeah, I think that this pandemic is so foreign, for obvious reasons, to people trying to process what's actually happening. Is it normal that I'm reacting this way? That when I know, for me, gathering information for those self care webinars that I conducted. Mm-hmm. I felt about, I felt like, okay, this is actually a part of a bigger <laughs> psychology situation. And honestly, the feedback we got from that webinar, some people were just like, just thank you for saying this because now I feel, I don't feel so isolated. I'm not alone in my feelings. And it's funny. I was, I was seeing something the other day online. It was talking about how we are in self-quarant or self-stay-at-home quarantine, whatever, Um, but then we are so connected in the way we're all feeling and that we're all in the same situation. And I just think it's important to point out that like the fundamental elements of good health is autonomy, self-expression, and a sense of control. And none of this is in our control. None of this is what we've chosen. And I love the different suggestions that you have. Um, I know structure has been really big for myself. Like I remember the first couple of days after spring break, like, I felt so frozen working from home. I'm like, what is my deal? Like, I don't know why this is any different than working in an office, but I'm like, I don't know where to start. I don't know where to move forward. And it was just basic questions of like, is it appropriate to move forward with this project when there's at that time, you know, thousands of people who are sick and now uh, over a million, Um, you know, it just feels like, is it appropriate to communicate X, Y, and Z to this mass group of people about something that seems so trivial when we're all trying to navigate this new this, this new situation we're in. Right. Um, but I know that once I sat down um, with my family, we created a structure. Now I'm on what was this week four of remote working, and it feels like there's more of a norm because your brain does realize, okay. Now this is becoming more automatic because the things we used to do when we would drive to work every day or conduct our lives before this happened, your brain gets used to that automatic behavior that happens every single day. Yeah. And so I can't stress that enough because I know some people are still frozen by the situation and, and that's okay, but it will help you, your family, whoever you live with, be able to navigate the situation more healthy. If you can just put some kind of structure in your day instead of just waking up and saying, okay, what am I going to do today? Because that's not how we live our lives. Most of us don't live our lives like that before this right. pandemic, and we've um, taken for granted the little things. Just like you were saying,
1: we we get set in our ways of the schedule, eating lunch, um, working, and then now that that's all gone uh, to the wayside, we have to, we have to retrain our brain to uh, what we took for granted and and bring back those things, bring back the schedule, bring back the you know the different items that we need to um, conquer the virtual world from home.
0: Well, and, and the thing is too, is when this is what we talked about in in the second webinar that I led is like, you're under new pressures that you haven't been under before. Like usually it's like you almost have a work self and like a home self. Like I go to work and then I come home and I do these things. And then like, I repeat on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you know, depending on obviously everyone's jobs are so different, but now it's like you're cooking at home and now you're also probably cleaning more because you're at home more and you might have a roommate, a partner, a family. And then, Oh, by the way, if you have children, you're also a homeschool teacher, which if you never did that before, that's a whole other beast in itself. And then, okay. Also you have to complete your work responsibilities, which I know you can probably say the same. I'm so grateful that we are still working and I'll, I will never complain about that because I know that's not a lecture everyone has, but like you were saying earlier, really the only way to handle those new pressures is just to stay positive and be grateful. And it sounds cheesy and cliche, but it cannot be like I just said, like some people we're all a little overwhelmed with work when we're trying to respond to this new situation. But like I said, I'm so grateful that we are still able to work from home because there are so many jobs out there where that's not an option. Right. Um, talked to one of my, well, talked to one of my friends yesterday, whose husband owns a public speaking company, yeah. and I mean the amount of stress that comes with that alone. I mean they've got employees and they're going to have to lay them off because nobody's doing public speaking right now. Right. <laughs> you right. know, it's a, bo- it's a booming business outside of this Corona world. So, um, I think too, just the, the overwhelming information flow doesn't help. You know, we're getting all sorts of emails from the companies that we purchase from, like you're a target shopper, you're getting target emails and how they're dealing with COVID and you know, your work emails. And, and then just besides that, the news alone can be so overwhelming. So I think it's really good that you were talking about just basically creating boundaries and all the new categories that we're dealing with. Um, because if we don't filter that information and prioritize and set boundaries about what's coming in our heads, Then, like you're saying, it can affect your sleep. I know for me, like if I get on my phone before I go to bed, I have a hard time falling asleep right now because of all the things I'm seeing. Definitely. Um, So I think that's really good that you named that. Okay. So how can people manage the stress and anxiety of this processing? So like what you said, you talked about, there's resources in our district. Do you, do you have any resources for people that maybe aren't in our district or want more resources than what's in beside our district? That's not inside of our district.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm going to pull it up actually, as we're talking But um, several different sites that are really awesome. Um, I'm gonna pull those up for us. Um, the National Alliance on Mental Illness is a really good one, um,
0: and also I know we had. Uh, there's a disaster distress helpline, or you can also text talk with us. And I can I'll put all of these in the show notes, so okay, nobody awesome. feels like they have to go look at these, and we'll we'll get those links for everyone. Okay, perfect. Um, but really, and then I also
1: being mindful, sorry, I'm um, really being mindful like going back to our own thoughts and actions Um, because no two people are alike with the trauma, with the anxiety grief um, and even with the stress, how people handle the stress. Is looks looks different from you to me, to your family members, to your friends. Um, even, you know, folks in, within the same family, even though you're raised by the same parents, we act different. And so we're going to handle stress different even within our families. So I just wanted to kind of point that out too, is that this should be a time of coming together with your families and friends mm-hmm. and not putting a, a wedge between each other. And so don't allow that stress um, and fear and anxiety and grief come between families. Just be, you know, Again, be compassionate with one another and just know that your brothers and sisters and family members and friends, they, they're they going to be handling things differently than you. So,
0: yeah, I like I like that you said that about the family unit. Obviously, we're spending the most time we've ever spent with our the people that live in our home, depending on whatever your situation looks like. Um, again, I heard on that podcast I was listening to last night, I was just talking about how anxiety is contagious. And so if you are if you're a parent and you have children and you're walking around stressed all day, it's, this is not to shame you because it's a normal feeling, but it's just good to be mindful of the modeling you're doing for the people around you. Even if it's you and just a roommate, like we all know that person that's maybe has a consistent rain cloud around them just in our lives in general, outside of this whole situation. Like it is exhausting and it's, and it's uh, frustrating to be around people that, are constantly like negative because it's contagious. It makes you feel like, okay, yeah, that is a, that is something that I should be upset about or whatever. Um, So I just think that's important to name in the family dynamic too, that like, that people are naming their emotions and managing them. And that if you are a parent and you do have those children that like you're modeling what that should look like, and it's okay to cry, yeah. you know, and, and to name that and say like, mommy's crying because I'm sad about people being sick right now, depending on the age of your child, or if it's a teenager talking that the the normal and healthy emotions that you can go through and their reactions, but just keeping a consistent head above the water because your family's looking at you. Yeah.
1: And if you don't, you know, if you're not good
0: at naming what makes you
1: tick, um, you know, you could, you know, develop just a stress log or a journal to kind of write down and reflect on your day. Like, oh my gosh, I got really angry at this moment. What was going on? Oh, I was trying to work, answer the phone and cook lunch for the kids. What can I do differently tomorrow that I does this, this part of the day doesn't make me angry. And so just kind of reflecting on your day will allow you to make those adjustments that you need. Um, to make this successful because we want everybody's, you know, mental health to not elevate. We want, to, we want it to, and so, you know, just letting go of what you can't control and again, being compassionate to others. I think I can't say that enough and just making time to unwind and take breaks and take care of yourself. And, and if you're needing something, talk to
0: somebody um, and reach out um, on the resources. Yeah, and I, just to go over some different options that people can have to kind of work through this and really take care of yourself. You know, for me, it I don't know why, just the last two days, like I've just, for me personally, I've just picked a quote or Bible verse and I've like doodled with it. Yeah, it's, It seems so stupid, but I'm like coloring this random page that I've just like made up, but they have adult coloring books. They do. Tons of free ones. And actually, I think there's some kind of research behind it that it is calming. Thanks, um, there's research Thanks, behind it. Here. Uh, animals,
1: what you- uh, animals yes. pet yeah. is huge. Animal therapy is awesome. So just having your pet there by you to either pet your dog or cat or whatever animal you have or have it sit in your lap. That is
0: also calming as well. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to become like a pet at work advocate after this. Like, can we bring our dogs to our offices and and classrooms? And then uh, meditation is something I talked about in the first webinar that I led two weeks ago. And it's just something that I've started to kind of get into as an adult before this happened. Um, You talk about being able to clear your mind before bed. And there's so many apps out there for me. I use the Peloton app, but just laying there and clearing your mind where you're not running a hamster wheel of all the things and all the possibilities is very helpful. Um, But I know you, you probably know about this more than me, but there's so many um, tele-counseling options as well. With 2020, there's so many apps and we can put these links all in the show notes as well. We're not, obviously sponsored by anybody and and we haven't used all of them, but they're just options that people can use as well. And there's the free mindfulness apps too. Yeah. You can get
1: on your phone or um like Headspace or Calm. Um, yes, love that. Yeah, yeah, those are good. So those are all really good um just to kind of de-escalate
0: things. And then obviously just like 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 you were saying earlier, just making sure you're staying connected with people. I know you said that and obviously not physically right now, but FaceTiming and Zooming are always options and just sending happy mail. Like it's yes. who doesn't want to get some kind of bright envelope with a note, send it to your grandparents or your sister or um, your cousins. And, and then also taking walks. You know, nature has no idea that we're in a global pandemic. And I'm reminded <laughs> of that every time I go outside and the trees are swaying and the birds are chirping and it just feels like everything's kind of stopped outside, especially if the sun is shining. So, um, that's always a good option. And then maybe picking up a new hobby, like I said earlier, adult, adult coloring pages. And, um, I love that you offer the journaling and if you're not a writer, you can draw your feelings, color your feelings. There's so many things that just because you're an adult that, um, that it's still important that to, to tap into. I did hear of a site called skillful the other day on a podcast that was talking about how you can learn new skills. I thought that was kind of neat. Um, And then last, just being creative at home is really important. Just, you know, especially if you have kids just be, you know, so just creating theme days or game nights and just kind of keeping it fresh because you can't go to the movies or, you know, go to the local Dave and Busters for a game night. You can kind of recreate those at home and, Um, sometimes I'll post on my Instagram and my friends are like, where'd you get that? I'm like, oh my gosh, people are so creative right now. And they're posting so many things on social media and the internet for great ideas, you know, getting washable paint and painting toys because it comes off, you know, just little things like that, but that your kids will appreciate if you've got them. Um, but even if you're for yourself, if you live by yourself, there's just so many options, but self-care is just pivotal to mental health right now. And so we can't express that enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we'll put those resources that you talked about in the show notes.
1: I'm just uh, sitting in my office here. And, uh, my quote on the wall says, life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass. It's learning to dance in the rain. So we just mm-hmm. learned to dance in the rain that we have going on right now.
0: Yeah. I mean, maybe create some games while we're at it. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have anything else to add about the, just the, the processing of this whole event? Um, I think that it's just important to um, allow
1: you know, we're giving grace to others, but give yourself grace too, um, because you two are experiencing these different emotions and trying to manage everything. So allow yourself grace and give yourself time to process and make adjustments. And it's not going to be perfect the first day. We all know that. So we're four weeks in and you can make changes each day. So just allow yourself that own that part of you.
0: Yeah. And I don't think anyone should sit there and be like, okay, let me put this huge plan together. And that's just going to overwhelm you and everything's already overwhelming. So I think just taking, like you just said, small steps, like this week, I'm going to make sure that I meditate. Yeah. Next week, I'm going to make sure that I'm off my cell phone for the hour before bedtime and just little steps, because this is a lot for your brain to handle. And then the more that you add in that's, that's healthy, the more that your brain will be like, Oh, okay. This is a, this is automatic now. Right. We'll move to our favorite part of this episode because we can't leave that part out. And I, I do apologize if my sound has changed because someone's getting a tree <laughs> <in> my house. <laughs> and if this isn't hashtag remote learning, I don't know what is. Okay. So we'll start with We'll start with your favorite thing in education right now.
1: Sure. It kind of links to my celebration at the beginning, but I just wanted to reiterate how proud I am of Klein ISD and all of our efforts to equip family and students um, with that at home learning experience. I have found, I, I see, and I think it's the coolest thing that we have focused not only on the academics, but on the whole individual and in making sure that all of the needs are met via, may it be mental health, um, food. Um, You name it. I feel like we have really done a, a fantastic job of helping our students and families process through this as best we can. And then really seeing, excuse me, really seeing our districts and surrounding districts come together and unite of how are we going to navigate this together? It's not just Klein. It's, you know, our surrounding districts as well. So I think that's the best thing that I've seen in the last couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, I'd have to definitely agree with you. I am feel grateful that we work in this district that's been responding so well. Okay, so what's one favorite thing in life in general right now? You
1: kind of hit it on a little bit ago about the uh, games and whatnot, but right now I'm really loving my evenings outside. I'm an outdoor person, so at about six o'clock, me and the kids are outside till the husband gets home until dark. And so I'm really loving playing wiffle ball, basketball, riding bikes, you name it, um, just whatever we can get our hands on. Um, but the kids have gotten really good at making up new games because they get tired of playing just the basketball, the wiffle ball they just make stuff up. And so that has really been um, really awesome time. We're not having to head to practices for baseball and softball. So we just create our own own things at the house. So that's been.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. okay. And then last, what is your favorite book? or and it, I know this is a hard question for a lot of people, but. What's one of your favorite books? <laughs> okay, it has to be one. Okay. You can pick two, Kayla. I'll let you, I'll let you go off.
1: I really loved that show, the Fixer Upper way back when, which yeah. is, is, I love that. So one of my personal, like, um, just, a uh, on my own kind of thing is the Mag- Magnolia story with Chip and Joanna Gaines. That is, it's really, um, opening with how they've run their business and just, it's, it's an awesome book. But for work and speaking about what we've been overcoming and new challenges, um, I have a quick read that I just recently um, came across called The Orange Frog. Um, it's um, by the author mm-hmm. Sean with The Happiness Advantage. And so um, that is a, a parable based on positive psychology. And I think you heard me say earlier, I like to focus on the positive. So this just like fits me great. Um, Basically, it's about frogs with different perspectives. And so um, the positive attitude can tremendously increase your creativity and your innovation, um, which can lead to happiness and then ultimately success. So it's a really quick, very short read um, about frogs. So it's awesome.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I actually heard him talk about that on, I think, a TED Talk. It's on my book list. And I loved Magnolia's story, too. I thought it was just a breath of fresh air. And I think I finished it like in two days. It's such an easy read. It is. Um, I really enjoyed it. Well, Kayla, I can't thank you enough for a agreeing to do this episode. So last minute, I just wanted to make sure that the content is just real, um, real fresh and, and really uh, that our listeners are able to apply it to what's going on in their lives now. So I just appreciate your expertise and really just being a guest on our, on our episode this, this time, because I think it's going to be helpful for people. Thank you so much for having me. As you can see from our conversation, your journey through this global pandemic is very specific to you as an individual. Acknowledge that this is okay to process and work through while taking care of yourself. I hope you walk away feeling a little better that we are all in this together and some suggestions for how to practice self-care during this very particular time. I hope you are all safe and healthy during this time of social distancing. And again, thank you for your patience for the couple of glitches that we had, as a strong connection to Wi Fi is key to remote recording. And well, the whole world is on the internet a little more these days. Anyway, here's to taking our learning and transforming the world.